Welcome everyone to another episode of Old School Saturday. This is Be Kind Rewind, the Disney Plus movie podcast throwback episode. Today we are reaching into the vault and dusting off the episode that we did regarding the 1950 Disney classic Cinderella. And we just hope you enjoy it. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Be Kind Rewind. And we'll talk to you then. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. Using all the magic at his command, Walt Disney brings you his wondrous all-cartoon feature, Cinderella. Sparkling with pure enchantment, filled with lasting enjoyment, and overflowing with unforgettable entertainment. The thingamabob that does the job is There's also the fun of fascinating and humorous Disney characters who bring to life Cinderella's exciting story. Meet Jacques, Gus Gus, and Lucifer. And there's the magic of music in some of the happiest melodies ever heard. Is a wish your heart makes when so this is love so this is what makes Welcome, everyone, back to your regularly scheduled Be Kind Rewind, your Disney movie podcast. We are already in progress. I am one of your hosts, Dan Teets, and with me, as always, well, most of the time, is Ichabod Bones. But you can call me Iggy. How's it going, Dan? It is a rainy night in Georgia. 
And that's about all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Well, we are back tonight to get into the 1950s. I can't believe we're finally at the 50s. Wow. Took long enough. Yeah. But this is where the, and, and I'm probably going to get some haters for this, so please write me. This is where the good stuff actually starts, in my opinion. Yeah, we're moving into a, a new era for sure. And we are actually starting with the first movie of 1950, which is Cinderella, Cinderella, <laughs> which was released February the 15th, 1950. It did $4.3 million in revenue. I don't know if that's worldwide or just U.S., but that converts to about $46 million. So this was the first actual quote-unquote hit that Disney yeah. had after Snow White. So we're talking, uh, what, 12 movies that they didn't... I mean, they returned a profit, but it wasn't... It definitely wasn't what Walt Disney was looking for. And yeah. this was... I hate to say it, because I'm probably going to get hate mail once again, but I had never seen Cinderella. I don't think I'd seen it all the way through myself, either. I'm very familiar with it and seen pieces here and there yeah and and, I, and i'm the same way because i knew about the the one little mouse jack jack and his calling everything by ellie which yeah was, which was kind of cute but i mean i didn't and i mean of course this is based on a book like all of walt disney's movies were back then but yeah. the the actual movie itself i'd seen bits and pieces but this was my first time actually sitting down and mm watching it from beginning to end with nothing more than a bathroom break two-thirds of the way through. So, the movie starts with the aforementioned book, and we have a female narrator, which I believe is the first time we actually had one of those. She begins to tell the story, and it starts with Cinderella's dad being widowed, and of course, as is the Disney trope, you start with a step or a stepmother, because I think this is the first movie where they actually had a stepmother. Well, was it? Because did Snow, Snow White's, was Snow White's a stepmother? This was the first movie with a stepmother, right? I think I, so, I, but I can't remember if Snow White had a stepmother or not. I don't think so. What about, have, have we done Sleeping Goody yet? No, well, Sleeping Beauty. Yet. Sleep, Sleeping Beauty's coming up in about three or four movies, but I'm I'm thinking. Doing too many movies. I'm but I'm thinking that this is something that becomes kind of a trope with Disney, because it's like, well, you got a mother, you got a mother that dies or a father that dies, and so you got to have the step whatever step in and be all wonderful and evil. Yeah. But so the stepmother moves in. She's got two daughters who were named Anastasia and Drizella. And she was, and I quote, a woman of good family, which is always... Hmm. So I think that's the old way of saying she had a good personality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Strong genes, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, we'll go with that. So So lo and behold, the father up and dies, and we get fast-forwarded to an older Cinderella sleeping in her bed, and she gets woke up by two birds, and then the mice and the birds start to help her get ready for the day. And two of the mice tell her that there's a brand new mouse in the house that's caught in a trap. And 
So she frees the mouse from the trap, and the one mouse, whose name is Jack, who's your little, what, sidekick? Would that be a good way to describe him for Cinderella? Yeah, I think so. He starts to explain to the other mouse who's who is named Augustus, or he's nicknamed Gus Gus. Yeah. That there is a cat, Lucifer, and you just can't you can't mess with a cat. And so they're talking as Cinderella sets off to take care of the house. And the first thing she does is go down and get breakfast ready, and come across the dog, who's dreaming of catching Lucifer. And Cinderella says that Lucifer has good features, but then when she starts to try to describe some, she can't come up with it. And um, so Lucifer walks in and attacks Bruno, and Bruno gets kicked outside. Bruno's the dog. And meanwhile, Cinderella's feeding all the animals, and of course, the mice are the last to be fed because they had to get past Lucifer. And there was a whole... All right, well, you lead, you lead them left, I'll lead them right, and then we'll meet back up outside. And Gus is about to get caught by Lucifer because um, Lucifer had trapped him on a cup, but he gets saved by the stepmother and the sisters calling for the breakfast. And so Lucifer starts listening out for the for the or for the scream, and he hears it in Drizella's room. And Cinderella gets in trouble because she thinks that Cinderella, or because the stepmother thinks that Cinderella is playing a practical joke. Good times. Happy days. Happy days are here again. And we, and going with the happy days, we cut to the king who's upset that his son, the prince, is not married. And we all know where this is going because, I mean, it's Disney, so we have to have a party. And, of course, the, the prince is going to get trapped into finding the woman of his dreams at this. So we cut back to Cinderella's house, and we hear caterwauling is the only way that I can describe it, because the sisters were trying to sing. And Cinderella <laughs> sings a whole lot better than them. And she gets cut off by a knock at the door, which is the invite to the ball which is the big bad party for the prince. And Cinderella gets told that she can go to the party as long as she gets all of her work done. And that kind of upsets the sisters because they're like, wait a minute, if she's going, she's prettier than us, and the prince will pick her automatically. But the stepmother says, I did say if. And so they start hatching a plan about trying to get the, trying to make sure that she doesn't have time to be able to do anything. And part of what she's trying to do is put together, is it her mother's dress? Or did it actually say in the in the movie? I thought it belonged to her mother, but maybe not. I thought so, yeah. Okay. Well, she pulls out this pink dress, and the mice and the birds and everybody starts trying to help her get ready for the ball. And Gus gets caught, almost, as he's trying to run the pearls out of the um, sister's room. And so the carriage arrives to take everybody to the balls, and Cinderella announces that she'll be going. And so she runs upstairs upset, and this is when she sees the dress that the mice had put together for her. And somehow I thought that this was the dress that was in tatters, because, I mean, that's part of the movie that I actually do remember. But no, yeah. the, dr- the dress is perfectly tailored to her and she runs down and says oh wait on second thought i will be going 
and the stepmother starts to point and say, well, isn't that your sash, and isn't those your pearls? And so this is how the dress ends up getting ripped to shreds. And so Cinderella runs out to the garden to have a good cry outside. And this is where another blue fairy shows up. Because we've had a blue fairy in Pinocchio. And we have a blue fairy in, I want to say Sleeping Beauty. But this is the blue fairy godmother. And she's, she starts saying, oh, well, you can go to the, to the ball. And instead of concentrating on the important part, which is what the girl is wearing, she starts getting together everything that needs to go to get the girl to go to the park. Starts with a pumpkin, which she makes into a coach. Turns mice into horses a horse into a coach, and the dog into the footman. And then the god or the fairy godmother is about to send Cinderella off in her rags, mind you, before she looks, takes a good look at her and says, no good heavens, child, you can't go in that. And this is where Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo comes on, and we see the beautiful blue um, dressing gown that Cinderella has. And so Cinderella goes off to the ball, but she gets warned that at midnight party's over because everything's going to return back to and so everybody pulls up at the ball and the prince isn't having any of the 14 million women that are being thrown at him bachelor style he didn't even have a rose for any of them no and then he sees cinderella so he dances with her and they walk off and they're about to smoochy smoochy when (laughs) the clock strikes midnight and so she runs off, leaving one of her slippers behind. And so she gets away, and she just barely makes it out before everything turns to turns back to um, cats and dogs and horses and pieces of pumpkin. And Jack-Jack notices that the glass slipper is the only piece of magic that had remained. So we cut back to the Grand Duke, who's trying to explain about Cinderella's escape because the king had already gone off and gone to bed and the king's excited because the because the boy had found himself a woman but the duke's like well no all that she left behind was her slipper and so we hear him say that he's going to try on the slipper on every woman until he finds the person that matches the shoe and so somehow this gets to the stepmother because she wakes up her daughters and they start getting ready for the prince not which doesn't make any sense because they know the slipper is not theirs but cinderella is off on cloud nine because she's still re-dreaming the the night that she almost and she walks upstairs and starts getting ready for the prince and she gets followed by her stepmother who in turn locks her in her room so the Duke arrives at the house, pulls out a glass slipper, tries on the shoe as Gus and Jack are trying to get the key out of the stepmother's um, pocket. And so they get the key, run upstairs, and while they're doing this, the slipper's fitting on the big toe of one of the girls. And then the other one has humongous arches and just gets her heel and her toe in the other and so Jack Jack and Gus have got the key up to the room and they get stopped of course by Lucifer mm-hmm. and so Cinderella tells the birds to go get Bruno and he chases Lucifer off and Cinderella gets released and she runs down and stops the Duke just as he's about to leave and they bring the slipper in and 
This is something else that I've misremembered because I could have swore that this was the slipper that they put on the foot. But no, no, no. The mother trips the, the little footman and this glass slipper breaks into 38 million pieces. And Cinderella doesn't worry about that because she's got the other slipper. And so this is the one that we see slipped on the foot. And we cut to the big beautiful wedding. And, of course, Cinderella falls out of her slipper again, which I would have thought she would have had it remeasured by this time so you don't lose your slipper. But the king retrieves it, puts it on her foot, and they all live happily ever at the end. <laughs> happy, happy. Until we get to Cinderella 2 and Cinderella 3. Yeah. Which we will get to in about 25 years. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Those were direct-to-video, which were not such good quality. Back then, Disney was notorious for bringing in their new, I believe, like their new artists, and it was kind of like just practice because they knew it wasn't going to be as good quality. Mm-hmm. So it was just letting them kind of stretch their wings and get used to the process. Yeah, and I, I looked at the um, cover image for Cinderella 2 because I was going through the, the credits trying to finish up the notes on this one. And for some reason, it looks like it has to do with Drazilla getting a man. Oh, really? Or it might be Anastasia. Hmm. I don't know which one. It was the the brunette. I would think that's Drazilla, but I'm. I think Anastasia's a redhead, right? I, I could you you got me on. I was just trying to keep up with all the moving pieces of the of the show <laughs> when I was watching. Yeah. But. This, like I said, this is where we actually get into the good part of Disney because it's actually a movie that has a definite beginning, a definite middle, and a definite end with a what would be now considered a question mark because you always put question marks on movies so that way you got the opening for the sequel or the trilogy or the nine movies as in Star Wars, even though Yoda taught him how to count. <sighs> I was saying either that or the 19 movie Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, which we will get to at some form, fashion, when they probably finished Phase 5 of of the Marvel. Yeah. But it's it's funny that you mentioned that the, that the second or the sequels were always worse quality. Because if, if what you're saying's right, and I don't have any reason to doubt it, but that would mean that it's like a trial for them to actually get added on to another movie at a later date or just get pitched out after that one movie doesn't do as hot as it. Under the Little Mermaid, they all had sequels and went direct-to-video so that these new up-and-coming artists could, I guess, show their work or just practice. And they knew full well that it wasn't going to be good quality, so they made it straight-to-video, which doesn't seem like a good business practice. You always want to make things quality, but they knew going in. It wasn't good quality. That was back in the, the Disney Dark Ages. But when did the first sequel actually get made? Like The Little Mermaid, things like that. I'm looking to see if I can find out when it when the first... Because I, cause I, think, I think that was one of Walt Disney's things was there is to be no sequel. Yeah, you can't. So he had a quote like, you can't improve on an elephant if you've already made an elephant or something like that. Because he tried it with, with the silly symphonies. Yeah. He said, no. Unfortunately, it actually doesn't have sequels listed on the Disney wiki. wiki. 
the exception of like the Mighty yeah. Ducks 2. Oh, White Fang 2. Okay, but we're in like the 90s, which kind of makes sense because Disney was just trying to get on a golden goose at that point in time. Um, like I was saying, I don't Disney on the Disney Wiki. It actually doesn't list sequels, with the exception of the like the um, Mighty Ducks two and things like that. So I can't really say when they actually started making the wonderful Disney sequels. Yeah. But uh, but I know it was around the time that Aladdin came out because there was Aladdin two and Aladdin three, Search for Curly's Gold. Oh wait, no, yeah. and things like that. Uh, Cinderella two didn't come out until two thousand two. Hmm. Okay. Cinderella well, three was in two thousand seven. See, and those I, are on Disney Plus. Yeah. So then, if we get to those, we will decide at that point in time whether or not we will cover them. Because I think Cinderella two is actually a um, it's like three mini movies. So oh, it's, is an, it? it's an anthology film where Drizella and Anastasia both find love. And the mother gets thrown down the stairs. Wait, no, that's another movie. <laughs> but, yeah. This this movie is definitely... It's a definite departure from what we've been covering on the Disney movies. Because you actually... You turned me on to a YouTube um, behind the scene that I had never seen, of course, because I'm not too big on the YouTubes. It had to do with the making of this movie. And it was interesting where it actually showed how each character had their own individual artist and i don't know i don't know if that had ever been done because the comment was actually made during the video that the that the guy who actually had the cat had the easiest job of all of them because all that he had to do was just look at the cat that was running around his feet. And he didn't have to worry about drawing hands or drawing feet or anything like that. Because well, the entire was... movie was actually Right? They actually filmed the live action of the entire movie. Artists had to copy the movie drawing, which they didn't like. They wanted to have the freedom to just to draw, draw. To draw their own people. Yeah. And with each of the... Um, with each of the characters, you could definitely see who they were um, basing them on. Because I want to say that this the evil stepmother was based on a actual silent film star, wasn't it? I don't remember hearing that. Maybe because, they might have actually brought someone in. But with the actual, um, I mean, I know with the voice cast, the the voice casting great. Because they they yeah. had cast they had cast the, the stepmother trying to remember the actual ladies the evil stepmother why is it not showing it oh that's um Eleanor Ardley and she was actually in the Beverly Hillbillies so oh yeah well there's some star power I mean it was and it was kind of funny in the video when the when the woman who actually voiced Cinderella sat down and was watching a movie with her daughter and her daughter started clapping because she heard her mom's voice and she's thinking, oh, well, I'm sure everybody's thinking, oh, well, this girl just thinks that her mom's Cinderella when and actually she is Cinderella. And it was pretty, it was pretty powerful that you could actually have somebody evoke a feeling just from the, just from being able to hear their mom on, hear their mom on film, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. 
But this movie was the first movie that actually made money for Disney since well, since Sleep. Well, yeah. Why do I keep wanting to put in it put it in Sleeping Beauty? It was the first movie that actually made money since Snow White, and to date, it has made two hundred and sixty-three million dollars. And of course, we have Cinderella's Castle in. Is that Disneyland? Cinderella's Walt Disney World. It is Walt Disney World. All right, Snow no, White. Castle. Well, where is Cinderella's yeah, castle? Cinderella, yeah, Cinderella's castle is in Disney World. Snow White's is in Disneyland. And Sleeping Beauties is in France, probably. Now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> well, that's fine. Now it'll 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 make somebody actually write into us and say, "Here's what I found," or "I can't believe that y'all didn't know this." But I mean the. The the movie itself actually moved along. There wasn't too much downtime, unlike a lot of the earlier movies. It was like it was one part to another part to another part, and it and it kept on moving as it went. You didn't have to sit there and wait for the next big thing oh, to actually happen. You were saying something about the um, confrontation. Yeah, the movie had a subplot. Then that the Lucifer against Gus Gus and Jack Jack. Mm-hmm. That was its own separate. Alternate timeline, or not alternate timeline, but subplot within the movie. And you were saying something about a subplot? Right, along with the, the main storyline, we also had the, the whole storyline of Lucifer versus Jack-Jack and Gus Gus, and how they were struggling, and the dog Bruno as well. Yeah, and that was actually, that kept the, the movie itself moving along rather good, I thought, because when, because it would jump from the... It would jump from Cinderella's point of view, or not point of view, but Cinderella to the king, and then back to Jack Jack and all his problems that him and Gus Gus were having. And so, I mean, it was, it kept the movie going, which is what I don't think any other Disney movie had done to date. Yeah. And so, this is definitely going to be on the rewatch when kids come along and things like that. I could tell yeah, you that. it's a good movie to rewatch. I think this kind of the template for all future yeah. movies. This kind of is the the Disney template, the Disney storyline. Yeah. A prince, a princess, a, a castle, a villain, even the subplot. This yeah. is just the quintessential Disney movie. Yeah. And it and it's not a bad um template to have because I mean it worked from here on out. And it was it was a it was a well made movie. And the fact that it was actually a mini hands project, which I don't know if you well you don't you don't read comic books, do you? No. Well, what a mini hands project means is it's not just one person's project. It's it's like it's like we were saying you had every everybody had their own piece of the pie. So there were oh. so many people that were actually invested in in the movie. That they wanted for it to actually be a success, I would. God, and I thought you meant many hands meant that Trump made it. Hey, now. <laughs> this is not a political joking. podcast. Joking, joking. <laughs> I know, I know. But this, I mean, it didn't really feel like it was an hour and fifteen minutes. If you if you want to be truthful. No, you're right. The the movie moved along and was was over before I actually knew what was happening. Which, I mean, that's that's. The makings of a good movie. That's what you want it to be, yeah. Because when you're when you're talking about kids sitting in a movie theater, I mean, back then, 
you'd go and see because there was usually like two or three shorts, and then you'd have your main event. Yeah, and a newsreel. Yeah, yeah, can't forget the newsreels. This guy in history. <laughs> We've got. I mean, this is this is the second Disney princess movie. Am I right? Since Snow White, because most of them were just shorts. Yeah. Put together, Pinocchio, no, Dumbo, no. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, because it was actually, I mean, all, well, with the exception of Fantasia, all the movies have a happily ever after, even even if it was just one that was thrown in to get you to the end of the movie. Yeah. Like it was on um, Pinocchio, definitely on Dumbo. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I remembered the shoe getting put on the foot, but that's, I mean, I guess that's because it's quintessential Disney, and you don't really have Probably anything. Just the, What's that? Probably just that Mandela effect. We're all that's what we think of. Yeah, but I should have actually seen it coming with Jack picking up the glass slipper. That that was going to come into play like a Chekhov's gun in the third act. Yeah, you know that wasn't going to end well. And it, well, it did end well. That's the problem. It ended well, but it <laughs> didn't end well for the original slipper. Which leads me to ask, who just has a glass slipper laying around? Because if you if you're the if you're the Grand Duke the, and the flaw in that is, which you're right, no one does. But what would have happened if Drusilla just happened to have a glass sh- slipper that actually fit her? Yeah. And she pulled out and said, "Oh, here it is. Look, it fits perfectly." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a contrivance because you're thinking. Oh, well, Cinderella's got the glass slipper, so now she doesn't even need the glass slipper, so why would you even worry about it? Why doesn't she just come down in the glass slipper with her, was she barefoot prior to that? That would have been the way that I would have done it. Well, is there anything else that you'd want to add to the actual comments on the movie before we move into our questions? Um, beginning of an era. Definitely watch it again. Great movie. Well... Let's move into today's impact on the movie. I wrote down four things, actually three things. Um, first one is, and I don't know where this was actually at. The first thing that I actually noticed was that the, I don't remember who it was that actually said it, but they said gentleness and kindness despite your surroundings and circumstances. I kind of want to say that that was a Cinderella quote. And then we had... One of the female mouses tell Jack-Jack and Gus-Gus to leave the sewing to the women. Great modern-day takeaway. Much, yeah. And then we had the fairy god godmother saying that miracles take time. Just the word miracles in nowadays um, modern vernacular is something that you don't hear. Or if so, you do it, something that we can achieve. Which, if you believe it, you can do it, right? Yeah. Um, can you think of anything else? That's that's got this that has today's impact. Not in the direction you're going. Not as far as quotes or anything like that. No. Well, what what are what are you thinking of? Well, I'm just thinking it's it's fingerprints are all over our modern culture. I mean, everyone knows who Cinderella is. It's had a couple sequels that we kind of alluded to. It's it's been remade mm-hmm. into live action, at least one live action movie, maybe more than one. Mm-hmm. Uh, its fingerprints are all over. The Disney parks. Now, is there a Cinderella ride at Disney? I can't think of one. Not in Florida. I don't... I mean, I know that during the... um, 
what's it called when of course when there's it, a Cinderella castle yeah of course there's a Cinderella castle most most of the other movies that had that we've discussed there's been like a ride or something because I know that during the what what's it what's it called where they have the lighted parade at night well the different parades have different names well the one the one that's actually at Walt Street electrical parade for a while but it moves it goes from park to park because I know that there is a Cinderella's carriage in that, or there was the last time that I was down there about 10 years. Yeah, it was called the Three O'Clock Parade. Right now, I think it's called Goofy's Cavalcade. Before that, it was a Move a Shake and Mask a Dance. And before that, it was something else. I don't, I can't keep track. But you're right, they do have carriages that come out with the princess. What's it called? The fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, they definitely break the fourth wall in those a la Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a little boutique they can get princessed up. Okay. Well, is this movie mirrored in culture? I mean, yeah, people who aren't as physically attractive get jealous of those who are and want to sabotage and make love human emotion or. Um. Yeah. That's that's definitely something. Um. I think it's interesting that in that documentary that we watched, the artist intentionally made the sisters less physically attractive to make Cinderella look more gooder. That is yeah. a technical term, I believe. That that is the technical term. Um, well, I mean, one thing that we haven't actually commented on that was actually said in the um, video is that Cinderella became a household term because of this. Because you have, every year you have one basketball team that's the Cinderella. Just because they're the rags that's to riches true. moving from the bottom and then end up in the final four and nobody knows how they did it except that they're a Cinderella. And then there's also sport the Cinderella man. Yes, every sport has one Cinderella every year. And this year might be the Orioles year because they are in third place, two games out of second and they are in second place in the wild card. So I will take it. They could shut baseball down because we will never be this good again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's take the sports minute. Can, huh? Yeah, I'll take it while I can. Yeah. yeah. Um, does this movie fit into today's society? Obviously it does because, once again, you have the Cinderella that comes out during basketball tournaments and during football tournaments. Football tournaments. It's called football games, I think. Not tur- that tells you I need sports in my life, man. <laughs> when you call them football tournaments. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is one of the quintessential movies that fits into today's society just because of what it represents, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's actually, anybody can overcome. That. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly because this is episode nineteen. And I haven't said that this is something that you actually see in today. I mean, it's it with the exception yeah. of the of the few little tweaks that I mentioned on today's impact. This movie could be remade next year and probably still make three hundred million dollars. Yeah. In fact, I'm. So- yeah, there was a movie years ago. There was a remake of this with uh, Drew Barrymore, maybe fifteen years ago. I don't remember. Once upon a time, I think it was mm-hmm. called. Yeah. And they keep making. Them. Was the Zendaya? Zendaya Akakwan. That's it. Yeah, from Wakanda. Yeah, and that was great audio. <laughs> As I make the Wakanda Forever <laughs> slogan. Well, I mean, 
if this, if this is one of those where if it's not broke, don't fix it. You need to just keep on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, if Disney were to come out with a remake of this, another live action, we'd probably go see it once the theaters reopen. Of a strong, independent woman like Moana. I'm not a princess. I don't need, you know, I can do it myself. And that the story overall is very transferable, I think, to modern day. Mm-hmm. That's definitely for sure. So we will we will definitely put this in the rewatch category. Not like um what was it Melody Time, where we were first introduced to the Aquacon, which actually has more Disney appearances than some mainline Disney characters. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you could think of that needs to be said about this movie? This is probably the movie that kept kept Disney alive, kept them going. Well, um, for those of you who have tuned in, we appreciate you. We will be taking a brief respite from this again, because Icky will be on assignment next week, traveling out into the world and returning with tales of what's going on and making sure that the world actually does still exist out there. And so we will... I will actually be reaching out to some of the people that have said on Facebook that they are interested in um, doing a special episode with me. And this will be another special episode. For those of you who don't get that, go back and listen to last week's podcast because we talked a whole lot at the beginning about a very special episode. I'm sure you get that, don't you, Icky? Right, yeah. Gotta go back and listen. All right. Well, um... If we messed up, which we obviously did because we couldn't remember which castle was in Walt Disney World, you can write to us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Once again, that is BeKindRewindDMP, which stands for Disney Movie Podcast at gmail.com. And until we see you again or hear from you again, stay safe and stay hydrated. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Salagadoola, metrigaboola, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Put them together, and what have you got? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Salagadoola, metrigaboola, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. It'll do magic, believe it or not. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Now Salagadoola means a menchikaboolaroo But the thing about that does the job is bibbidi-bobbidi-boo Just a wave of my stick and to finish the trick Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo Gracious, what did I do? Just leave it to me. What a gown this will be. Why, it's like a dream.
a wonderful dream come true. Yes, my child. Goodness me, it's getting late. Hurry up, dear, the ball can't wait. Have a good time, dance, be gay. Now off you go, you're on your way. Look at the company,